Hey friends, it's Jana and Ashley. Welcome back to Season 4 of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, it's Ashley. Welcome back to the Geek Girls Universe. We had the opportunity today to speak with director and co-writer of the new Netflix series, House of Ninjas, Dave Boyle. All eight episodes are now available to stream. Before we get started, if you're new here or haven't already, we'd love it if you would subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening from. It helps our podcast reach We also have a Facebook group and a subreddit, Geek Girls Universe, and you don't need to be a girl to join, only a geek. Ninjas existed throughout many pivotal times in Japanese history, but what if they were still secretly undertaking missions in modern society? Set in today's Japan, this series tells the story of the Tawara family, the last ninja clan who abandoned their roots after a mission gone wrong. Now, an unprecedented crisis beckons the family back into action. Dun, dun, dun. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As Dave said in our interview, when they said it was about ninjas, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. You don't say no when there's ninjas involved, you know, or shinobis. Actually, let's let's use the proper term, shinobis. They are shinobi. So they are not ninjas, according to the granny, who I loved her. She was one of my favorites, just because they would all be real serious, and she always <laughs> like um, her attitude is like, I just need her in my life. Like, can I please she, have a Japanese granny? She was so the shade she would throw just by laughing at the rest of them. Well, she I wouldn't be her. a whatever because she would be a third or fourth class citizen. I was like, ooh, <laughs> dinner table conversation. I was like, whatever. Oh, mom, you're like a. <laughs> She's like, mm, oh no, she isn't. I was like, yes, girl. That was so good. Also, I also it's really so loved the mom movie. because mm-hmm. in the one scene. Not to, I'm not going to spoil anything, but in the one scene, she's, she has to go undercover, right? And so she's working in an office and there's like, you know, the male characters treating her like awful, right? You know, like go get my coffee and I want extra sugar and extra milk or whatever he said to her. And just, she was like very kind, like, oh yes, of course. And then as soon as his back was turned, her face was like, I could slaughter you right here. And nobody Mm -hmm. would even know with my shinobi skills <laughs> so i was like "Ooh, girl <laughs> i will say there was one scene early on and like for lack of a better term i'm going to call it like a mini training montage where like you know one of the ninjas is you know doing her thing and she's doing some like working out training and you see her doing some um i guess they're technically sit-ups <laughs> And then she jumps down from where she's doing them and lands like a cat. And I was like, that is so great. I was like, this is what I'm here for. And then, but, you know, using her also, I guess, you know, very similar cat-like reflexes. This one scene when she catches the thing that's falling from the table when her son is all like, ooh, you know, and the granny scolds the child kind of with her shade. And she's like, oh, no, well, your mom isn't this. She would be a, you know, she's not a fuma or whatever it is. She's like, you'd be a you know third or fourth class citizen. But the mom is like, oh, no, I, you know, I have a job and, you know, very much that um, patriarchal society with the, you know, the dad's like, what, you have a new job? And they're all like, um, can we talk about how she shaded him with that? She's like, well, somebody, basically somebody has got to get a job because you sent the bird away. I was like, 
Mom? And then and then the kid's like, oh wait, but can I have a video game? And she's like, yes, you can. And he's like, I support this. I was like, go kid, go. I was like, this is so great. But yes, oh, the shade level was so good in that conversation. But it was like, you know, it is. It's one of those very much like what the, you know, only the males can have jobs. No, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, so talking to Dave, he's done a lot of, you know, Japanese asian american films and such mm-hmm. so they reached out to him so he kind of shared the story of how he got involved with the project because the lead actor is also kento he's the one who came up with the concept for this show yes. and then dave just like was like obviously ninjas like count me in and was so excited to work with them and gosh he shared what it was like so he didn't use an interpreter at all he was like, it's a Japanese show. I'm going to, we're going to do this in Japanese. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Well, and you I know, love that his um, whole thought process, you know, well, he'll talk a little, he talks about it in the interview, but he basically was like, it's going to slow down the, you know, sort of the creative process by having to have an interpreter. So he's like, and ruin that relationship that yeah. the director has with his actors. And I love that. And like, side note, you know, here comes a tangent. I want to learn Japanese. Mm, I watch, mm-hmm. I watch, I watch a lot of anime. And I read a lot of manga. And yeah, so kudos to him. I, I love that. And for those who have watched the show, we got a little update on season two. Ooh, if it's yes, we happen. do. So you'll mm-hmm. have to listen to find out what he says about it. I think it's a little exciting. And for those of you that do watch, I'm curious, are you watching it and listening to it in Japanese with the English subtitles or are you listening to the dubs? Because we both had strong feelings on the um, English dub voices. <laughs> so I am I am usually, like I said, I, I, I watch anime all the time. I am not a dub hater. I'm not a sub hater. I feel mm-hmm. like whatever is it makes it accessible to you is what you should watch it in and enjoy it. However, <laughs> my Netflix defaulted to dubbed automatically and within like the first line. And it's not even spoken by a main character. It's spoken by the character's co-worker. I was like, what? I was like, I don't know. I was like, Mm-mm, I don't so can't brutal. do this. And I immediately was like Japanese audio track English subtitles like on my Apple TV. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if you can watch it in dub and you enjoy it and that's how you watch it, great. You do you, I think, you do you, boo. You do you, boo-boo. But I think it's better in Japanese. I, Jana thinks it's better in Japanese. I'm um, heard. Everybody that asked me for my recommendation about it, I was like, it's great, but watch it in Japanese. Um, yes. But yeah. But Either just way, watch just watch it, it. Because guess what? I tell everybody else to watch it because that's how we get another season. We all know how this works now, right? With streaming. Mm-hmm. We have to watch it and we have to watch it like when it comes out so that mm-hmm. entirely dependent like on how it. it does in the next couple of weeks here on Netflix. So if you're into exactly. it and you want a season two, tell all of your friends to watch it. Um, as of yes. today, when we're recording this, it is number two in the U.S. on Netflix out of like, Ooh, you know, their top great. 10, whatever. Yes. Right. There you go. You know, I happened to notice that when I was watching my last episodes <laughs> today. I was like, yeah. I watched over the weekend, so I, I did not see it. 
And it was under yeah. like featured content or something. I didn't scroll mm -hmm. down to see what was. Yep. No, it's number, like. it's number two in the country today. So that was pretty awesome. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, I've been trying to find out and we did not have time to ask him because, you know, you only get so many minutes Bummer. with these guys and it's, it is like, sometimes you just want all the time in the world to ask questions, but we noticed that the music choices were very, um, interesting. We'll say a very eclectic juxtaposition of, um, scoring and popular music. And we were curious if when it shows in Japan, the music was different than what you get here in the U S and as far as we could tell, at least in the first few episodes, the music in the Japanese language with the English subtitles was not different than the English dub. But their composer is Jonathan Snipes, who did Blind Spotting, and he's done a lot. He's done a lot of stuff, but that's probably one that most people would recognize. And I was really, I really wanted to ask questions about that because some of the music is, it's weird. Like there's one scene where you're in a club and it's like this EDM vibe, and it's like a mashup. It's like a remix of something. And then it goes into silence and then it cuts into like a zombies song. And you're like, what, what is, ha what is happening right here? Like the, it's as Ashley put it when she was telling me, she was like, it's jarring and it is, it's jarring. It's like, you just don't expect it to go from this music to this music in a very, what seems like deliberate choice. So we really wanted to ask about that. And we didn't get to, so hopefully we'll have also, a second season. Too, That'll be the first question. <laughs> Yes. Also, I think, too, when you watch something in another language, that if a music track starts to play and that music track is in English, mm -hmm. it's it's going to be jarring regardless because you're not you're not used to hearing. You know, you've been hearing, you know, the dulcet tones of the language you're listening, totally. watching it in. And it's like English. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Calm down. We get it. Yeah. All right. You're English. Got it. OK. But yeah, no, you definitely need to watch the show. Um, if you're in, if you're into anime, if you're into martial arts shows, TV shows, it's like I said. As soon as I found out it was about a family of ninjas, I was like, oh my god, yes! And grannies and everybody is a ninja. Everybody it's, has skills, and I love that for us. I really. And do. if you're just into Asian culture, it's filmed in Tokyo, so it's actually kind of cool from there too. I mean, yes. who knew you could get sake and, in a vending machine in Tokyo? I didn't know that. I've never been to Japan. I did not know that either. Um, <laughs> also, it was done by Toho Studios, which, mm -hmm. if you don't know, is where Godzilla comes from. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of other really cool shows and animes also come out of that studio. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you should watch it. All my weebs, you should watch it so we can get another season. Because I need to know what happens next now. So I'm invested and I need to know. Just Absolutely. Gonna... Yeah, we definitely need season two. Well, hi, Dave. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. Uh, it's nice to meet you, too. I'm a huge fan of, you know, martial arts shows, films. I'm an anime and manga girl. So honestly, when I heard about the show, it's like, this is right up my alley. Like, uh, this is cool. Um. So you were brought in to direct and collab with Kento for this project. What was it like working with him to bring House of Ninjas to life? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, you know, he he uh, he has kind of uh, spearheaded this. The, the, I'll, I'll put it this way. There's very few actors um, in Japan who are sort of doing the Tom Cruise thing or, you know, where you have your projects that you shepherd through the, the studio system, something that you sort of build from the, the ground up um 
And he's gotten a lot of attention for having, you know, taken this project into Netflix, got it up and running, got the got the green light, got to got to make it and everything. Um, he's just a very, very dynamic, determined, um, you know, just really, really uh, wonderful individual. So, I mean, where it all started for me was I just got a call out of the blue, like, I guess, three years ago from um, my friend who worked in Netflix. who just asked me, like, hey, you uh, you like ninjas? And I was like, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like ninjas? Um, and he told me that uh, that Kento had brought this project to them, this this uh, this this concept and they were looking for a take on it and um so you know it, it was it was basically just asking me for to to pitch on it so i pitched some ideas for it they decided to have me write you know the show bible i did that and then um next thing i knew like they they were moving ahead with it now me directing was still sort of an open question at that that wasn't even in the cards at that time it was just we need somebody to sort of have like a a, a a story set that we can sort of have a starting place with um for our team here and so and i was you know happy to do that um but then it was kento who who sort of really pushed for i think he got the show bible and and really really loved it and then looked me up and watched you know uh my previous film and he was the one who sort of pushed for like you know why don't we why don't we have this guy do it and uh and eventually i and eventually that did so uh so yeah so i love the guy <laughs> that's amazing and yes that would have hooked me too it's like do you like ninjas yes yes i do <laughs> like, let me at this project <laughs> yeah who's gonna say no to that question right <laughs> exactly <laughs> so dave i read that you opted um out of working with an interpreter during the 18 months of filming. How was that? Um, I mean, it was challenging because, you know, I, I would, I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's hard to self-evaluate, but, uh, you know, I would say that my Japanese now having done the show is probably like a thousand times better than it was before. And before it was still, it was still, it was still good. Like not to toot my own horn or anything. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, I felt like my, I felt like my ability was good enough that having an interpreter was probably just going to add sort of an extra step between my relationship between the actors and between myself and the actors and the crew. Um, and that it was probably better for me to just, you know, just get better and sink or swim. Um, and that, that I was going to be better for just the, the, you know, just so much of filmmaking and especially on, on a scale like this, because um, it's not, you, you, we're not working with the blockbuster type of budget that, um, you know, an American show would have, but it's all the same complications, you know, action scenes, long, long, you know, we were shooting for, I mean, we shot for a total of six months, but then I was there for a total of 18 months, including, you know, prep and, um, and post-production and i just feel like those those human relationships just tend to be just so so delicate and and i just felt like you know i just really need to be a part of the team i need to this this is a japanese show i should be doing this in japanese otherwise otherwise what's the point of why <laughs> I, I just felt like i just felt like that should be a very basic qualification of the job so it was offered but uh, but I just decided, 
that, that it was it was better not not to not to go that way i really enjoyed the fight sequences speaking of um i think everyone i saw i thought this is it this one's my favorite you know like the episode four fight scene i was like i love this but then it got to eight and like the boss battle i'll call it and like that was great and it felt it almost felt like an anime sequence because of just how it was shot and the setting and all of that and yeah so i just i love that was there anything you drew on for inspiration for how you approached directing those scenes and do you have a favorite yeah um well for, first off i, I want to talk about my action choreographer uh keo tabuchi who's just a wonderful wonderful imaginative choreographer just really really uh just incredible imagination and um and just just a great great collaborator uh because a, a lot of the and he and he became involved early on in, in the show um so while while we were sort of working on the scripts we could we could kind of touch base with him and 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 swap ideas around so that collaboration was really really important to making making all those action scenes really work um, you know, it's it's funny. Like a, a lot of the the stuff that we kind of looked at for inspiration, I don't I don't know that they you know it's 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 probably not immediately obvious from from looking at it because we we wanted to take like a real grounded approach um, and uh, and make sure that the action scenes really hurt and that they look um, and that they you know that it looked like there was a real sense of danger involved. And then we wanted to have each one of them have their own flavor. You know, some of them have like a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a playful quality to them. And then as, as things get further and further on into the story, when we got to episode eight, we decided we just wanted to we just wanted to go full, full on and just leave it all on the field. Um, and you know, everything up until that point had been fairly grounded and and um, and you know. I guess gritty is the wrong word because we're, you know, doing some doing some pretty out there stuff. But as far as it goes, aside from a few fantastical touches, fairly grounded. But we wanted to have at least one place where we had an excuse to just really go wild. And that was the, you know, the battle in the smoke um, that, you know, I'll, uh, I, I won't spoil anything here. But that was, you know, we just we just really wanted to have have a lot of fun. And, and have it just be just, just, you know, just as imaginative and crazy as, 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 uh, as we, as we could go. I think my personal favorite <laughs> is probably the very shortest one uh, without spoiling too much. It's the, the fight between the two grannies. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, cause I don't know. I thought that that was, you know, we, we, we did, the whole show has like a lot of like playfulness to it. We're, we're, we're not, you know, even though we, we're dealing with some, some weighty, weighty themes and stuff here and there, but at the end of the day, we're, we're having a lot of fun. And that one was, you know, maybe the most playful out of all of them and uh, had a lot of fun figuring that out and finding a location that we could make that, you know, <laughs> make that actually work. And then when the trailer came up uh, and that was in the trailer, I was like, yes. <laughs> mission accomplished <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for speaking with us today dave we have like three more questions for you but we are out of time so thank you oh, and no. we love the series and i hope everybody's watching it on netflix because it is really well done so thank you
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yes. yes. And that we Thank get a season you. two. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I hope there's season two. It's already been I, filmed, right? It's doing well. I mean, I've, I've already, I've already written it, but we don't have a, you know, it, it depends on how we do, honestly, uh, over the next couple of weeks. So Great. knock on wood. Well, All it's right. already in the number 10. So yay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so thanks for listening to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. As always, if you have something to share, tag us on Twitter, Whiskey and Sunshine, and that Ashley Aaron. Until next time, geeks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.